Welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman, the podcast dedicated to helping you build the business of your dreams and live the life you always hoped for, with valuable and fun tips and info to make your life easier and more fun. And now, here's your host, a man who sprinkles metal shavings on his breakfast cereal just for fun, Jason Silverman. And welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. I'm your host, Jason Silverman, and I'm thrilled to share some time with you today. As you know, I'm always in the hunt for interesting as well as super smart Real Deal guests, and i got to tell you, today's show is a winner. I want to introduce, and actually really reintroduce my listeners to somebody who's truly been there and done that. Um, I'm excited to pick his brain once again for your benefit and, of course, for my own. So for the folks who I work with in any of my coaching programs through Power Forwards Character Development or All-Star Cheer Sites or the Jason's Army Mastermind Group, you know how much I focus on the importance of living proactively, right? Well, this show is going to help us to do just that. So today it's going to be my honor and privilege to share an absolutely amazing resource with you. You're going to love today's guest. He's got a ton of valuable information about one of those things that really moves the needle from average to awesome. So I want you to strap yourself in. Today's show is going to be a blast. As I'm sure you already know, I'm committed to helping business owners just like you to become more successful, enjoy your career more, and in general, make your life significantly more fun. We only get one ride on this merry-go-round, folks. Let's make sure it's one heck of a ride. Alrighty, boys and girls, it is now time. I want you to stop surfing Facebook, put away your phone, your tablet, your dog, your cat, your spouse, your child, anything that might possibly distract you from today's show. You're about to get some great immediately implementable information, and I don't want you to miss even a second of it. So, before we officially get going, let me give you a little bit of background about our special guest expert today. Aaron Walker is without question a veteran entrepreneur starting his first business at 18 and selling to a Fortune 500 company nine short years later, demonstrates Aaron's passion for succeeding. Unwilling to rest on his past success, Aaron started, bought, and sold eight successful companies over the past 37 years. Having a strong desire for personal development has kept Aaron in a weekly mastermind group for more than a decade with Dave Ramsey, Dan Miller, Ken Abraham, and seven other notable Nashvillians. Aaron has enjoyed a 36-year marriage with his beautiful wife, Robin. Today, Aaron spends the majority of his time helping men grow in success and significance as president and founder of View from the Top, a premier life and business coaching resource. Aaron's newest book, View from the Top, is guaranteed to motivate and inspire you to live a successful and significant life. Aaron, welcome back to The Real Deal. I'm thrilled to have you back again. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me back, man. I'm pretty fired up today. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. Being fired up when it's six degrees is awesome. <laughs> I know. It is a cold gentleman outside, but hey, it's warm in here, so I'm happy. All that matters. All that matters. So, you know, before we get started, and for those who haven't either listened to your past episode or read any of your books yet, do me a favor and take a second. Share your story with our listeners. You know, what are you passionate about? What makes you tick? Who is Aaron Walker? Uh, thanks, Jason. Just real quick, as you said earlier, I need to update that bio a little bit. We're on number... 13, 14, and 15 business right now. I've, I've, I've owned a number of businesses over the past 39 years. Been married to Robin 38 years. I'm a native Nashvillian. Uh, first business was at 18. I came from a very poor family, so I had to find some guys with money, and I did. We started our first company at 18, sold out at 27. I took a little break, about 18 months, and Robin said I was getting fat and lazy, so I went back, bought the company I started with when I was a teenager. 
we quadrupled it over the next 10 years. And then the pivotal moment, if you don't hear anything in the interview, you need to tune in now. You need to hear what the pivotal moment was for me. And that was August 1st, 2001. I was 40 years old. Life couldn't be, Jason, any better. It was amazing. Two little girls, uh, worked three days a week, had a very successful company. I was headed to the office 7.30 in the morning, and a gentleman by the name of Enrique was crossing the street to catch a local bus. He didn't look my way, and I ran over and killed a pedestrian. And, man, I can't even begin to tell you, Jason, how my life came to a screeching halt at that moment. I won't walk you through all the details of that, but I decided to sell the business, and we did. We took the next five years off, and I traveled and went to counseling and coaching and kind of got my legs back under me, and God extended me the grace that I needed in order to move forward. We started a construction company, and we took it to number one in Middle Tennessee three consecutive years. I turned 50 about seven years later and then decided to retire. I did for the third and final time. Robin said I've retired more than the law allows. (laughs) And my mastermind members that you mentioned in the intro, Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller and some of those guys said, what are you going to do now? And I said, I'm done. I may sit on the front porch of a little tiki hut down in the Caribbean and relax. And they said... That's the most selfish thing I've ever heard you say. You're 50 years old. you got plenty of time left. You've owned all these businesses successfully, and you and Robin have had this great marriage. You need to coach. And I said, I'm not coaching anybody. I'm done. And Dave Ramsey said, why don't you come and do Entree Leadership Mastery Series? It'll be my gift to you. See if you like it. Well, I did. Fell in love with it. Went to Dan Miller's Sanctuary and took Innovate and fell in love with that. So through a lot of prayer and soul searching, Robin and I decided to coach. And so I started View from the Top. And now we have national and international clients. We have a hundred people in our mastermind groups. Uh, we just started our 11th mastermind and I'm having more fun today, Jason, than I've ever had in my entire life helping ordinary men become extraordinary in all they do. That's fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. All right. Well, wow. I'm motivated now. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's dig in. So, you know, one of the things I've heard you say is regardless of your background, you can succeed. Um, How is that true? Well, here's the thing. It's a mindset. When I was a child, I hated this saying, but my mom said it relentlessly. Can't, couldn't do it, and could did it all. And I heard that my entire life. Now, when I say I came from a poor background, you have to hear what I'm saying. We lived in a 600-square-foot house. My dad gave $6,500 for this house that we later lost in bankruptcy. You know, it was just, I can't even tell you. You know, my dad never made over $15,000 a year in his life. He was an amazing man, had high character, had great values. He was a man that was uh, the life of uh, the party. Everybody wanted to be around him. My dad just had a great personality. He was just a great man, but he just didn't care anything about business. And so... I started thinking through that as I got older, and I said, you know, I want to do a little better financially. And that saying that my mom used to say, can't, couldn't do it, and could, did it all, resonated with me. I was like, why not me? Why can't I do this? So I just took a can-do approach, and I went out there, found a couple of guys with money, and uh, we started our first business, and then we've had pretty good success from them forward. And it just proves to you that... You can do it if you want to. And when I was in school, even at 15 years old, I decided what I wanted to do for a living. I went to summer school and night school. For 18 months, I had enough credits at the beginning of my junior year of high school to graduate, so I didn't have to go my junior and senior year. 
Uh, I chose to go to one class. It was DECA, and I loved that, and I wanted to go and compete. And then I worked all day, every day, my junior and senior year, and said, hey, I got to go for it. I got to find some money, and I did, and went for it. So my point is, is that if there is a will, there's a way, and you've just got to have that mindset that you can accomplish it. And I just chose to go for it. I love that. Just go for it. So one of the other things, you know, I believe we talked about this a while back was um, freeing ourselves from entitlement. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've, obviously the line is free yourself from, from entitlement and success is near. Um, why is it so important to get rid of that? Well, you know, I see it as I get older and older. And, you know, we live in a country that uh, is amazing. The opportunities are just endless at what we could do. But when you have an entitlement men mentality and your mindset is people owe you things. Listen, people don't owe you anything. If you want to go for it, you can, but you've got to get rid of that entitlement mentality. People think because they live in a certain place, their parents are certain people or they've had certain jobs that they're entitled to things. And I quickly tell people when I'm coaching them now, you've got to eradicate that thought from your mind because you're not entitled to anything. People even talk about they're an heir. And I'm like, you know what? You're not even entitled to that. It's a privilege to be able to inherit something, but your parents don't owe it to you. So the quicker you can get rid of the entitlement mentality, the better. That makes a ton of sense. And it's actually just a heck of a lot healthier. Um, So... How would you suggest if you were coaching somebody that, um, to use one of your lines, they go ahead and make a way where where there's no trail? Well, the thing is, is this is kind of a funny story, and I'll share it with you. I enjoy fishing and hunting. I love the outdoors, and I had the privilege of going to South America a few times fishing, and we fished the Orinoco and the Toma River which we fly into Caracas, and then we drive over into Colombia, and we go down the Orinoco and the Toma, which is part of the Amazon chain. And we rode about two hours uh, upriver, and when we got there, we started fishing. Well, I could see water on the other side of these trees, and there were little small trees, and I said, hey, I want to go over there. And the guide said, there's no way to get over there. I said, oh, no, we'll get over there. There's got to be a way. And he said, no, there's no way to get over there. And I said, you got that machete with you? And he started laughing. He goes, yeah. I said, let's cut some little trees down through here, and we'll take our time, and we'll get over there because there's no telling what could be in those waters where nobody fishes. And he started laughing. He goes, there's no way to get there. I said, there is a way. So after arguing with him for 10 minutes, we finally did. We got over there. Now, let me be honest with you. We didn't catch any more fish there than we did at the place we were at. But the point is, is I would have never known, right? We literally cut our own trail there. If you want something bad enough, you can make it happen. The thing is, is you've got to learn to prioritize your priorities. You've got to learn to say, these are the things that are important to me. I'm going to disregard other things. Greg McCowan talks about it in his book, Essentialism. He said, most people are an inch deep and a mile wide. You need to be an inch wide and a mile deep, and then you can blaze your own trail. Mm, I love that. I absolutely love that. Huh. Okay. That's a, that's a writer downer. Um, Talk to me about um, being able to handle and complete the mundane task. Um, you know, one of the things that I hear from, from many of my clients is, well, you know, but I don't want to do that. That's boring. I don't want to do that. That's not really what I'm passionate about. Right. How do you, how do you get somebody through that? 
Yeah, well, it's tough. You've got to have the fortitude within you. You've got to have that grit and determination to succeed. Uh, when Robin and I started this business, uh, I had been out of school a year. Robin was a senior in high school. I waited when she got out to get married. We got married two weeks out of high school. Can you believe that, Jason? Wow. It blows my mind. I look back now and think, wow. <laughs> but anyway, it's been an amazing ride. It's been great. It's worked out well for us almost four decades now. But when she got out of school, her family was poorer than my family, if you can only imagine. She was the child, the baby of seven kids. And so I said, Robin, listen. We've already got our business up and going. We can't screw this up. We may never get this opportunity again. And there's going to be some things that we're going to have to do that we may not want to do. But if we're going to live the life that we want to, we've got to do the things today so that we can live tomorrow, as Dave Ramsey says, like no one else. And so Robin would come to the store, and we would work all day in the store. And then at night, we would go to neighborhoods, and we would knock on doors. We would hand out brochures and flyers. We would invite people to our business. We would go to the Kroger parking lot and put flyers on windshields. I mean, do you think I wanted to do that? It was like I was exhausted, and literally there were times when I would clean up in the sink at the office and put on new clothes and I'd be ready for the next day. I wouldn't even go home. And a lot of people say, that's insane. Well, it was insane, but we had a 10-year loan of $150,000 that I had agreed to to sign, and we paid it off in 36 months. So I was 21 years old. We had a paid-for business. And I thought, you know what? I didn't want to do all the things that I did then, but I did them, and it paid off handsomely. Well, then I repeated that four more times until I had enough stores that a Fortune 500 company wanted to buy. Well, let's fast forward. So now I'm 57 years old, and I retired seven years ago. I don't have to do the things that I do today, but I've made a commitment. I've got a Google document. I know exactly the books I'm going to read, the themes I'm going to do, the people I'm going to interview. I have the blogs I'm going to write already written through the remainder of the year. I know exactly what I'm going to do. I do four Facebook Lives a week. I do a number of podcast interviews and have for four years now. I've done almost 600 podcast interviews, and my throat is raw. Matter of fact, I just left the doctor. I had to go there because I talk so much that I have irritated my throat, and I don't even have to do that. The reason I'm doing it is because I have a mission. I want to help ordinary men become extraordinary, and I can't do that sitting at home on the couch. I don't necessarily want to do those things, but I know what to do to build a business. We've built a number of successful ones, and you can't always do just what you like. So if you can't create and do the task and do it from a mundane standpoint, if you it feels mundane, but I promise you the snowball gets going down the hill. It gains traction. You pick up great momentum. You have to get the momentum going in order to build a successful business, and we've just been willing to do that a number of times. So it doesn't matter if you want to do it or not. There's some things you have to do. I wish, uh, I wish that was something that was ingrained in our younger generation. Um, I feel like... That's, uh, that's certainly something that's been missing. I know it's certainly something that we work with uh, our children on. You know. Well, you know why, Jason? We live in such a microwave society. We pull up at the fast food. We order our food. And when we get to the takeout window, if it's been over 38 seconds, we're like mad. Where is my food? Everything we do today is microwave. Like, give it to me now. Give it to me quick. Well, you know, the regular... Uh, fi- the regular cable's not fast enough. Now we got to have fiber that does a thousand megabits, you know, a second. And you know, we upload a picture and it takes a nanosecond. It, nothing is fast enough. Nothing is fast enough. 
And so I'm just saying slow down and think through the process and be willing to delay for the gratification of the better later. And I just tell people every single day, it's a long-term thing. It's not a quick-term fix. And the more you slow down and the better you have a long-term approach, the more successful you're going to be, the better you're going to enjoy it, the longer you'll keep it, and the more concrete evidence is true that it will sustain longer. And so just slow down just a notch. That's fair. That's fair. One of the, uh, the concepts um, that I love that you talk about is living proactively versus reactively. Right. Right. How, um, how would you explain that in a nutshell to somebody who's probably going through their paces and takes what life throws at them? Well, here's what's happening right now every day. People get up, they take a shower, they go to work, they spend 30 minutes driving to a job that they hate. They make enough money to pay the mortgage on a house that they probably shouldn't have bought. And they don't even care what the car costs. It's just how much is the payment. They take vacations on a credit card. And then they spend the remainder of the year making payments on things that they're trapped. They feel like they're trapped because they have to go to the job to get the money to pay for these things. And I'm saying that if you'll take a little longer approach and think how you can work yourself out of that, and be disciplined. You don't have to keep up with the Joneses. You don't have to have the nicest car. You don't have to live in the best neighborhood. You can save your money and take a great vacation. Maybe it's not a cruise. Maybe it's to Gatlinburg for three days in a nice little chalet. Just live within your means. Live at a place that is comfortable so that you can get ahead. And that is the thing that Robin and I elected to do early on. It was like when we started making money and we paid off that first store, we were making a lot of money. I could have increased my life livelihood, my lifestyle. I could have bought a nicer car. I could have lived in a much nicer house. First house we bought, Jason, was a condo, 600 square feet. It was about 580 square feet. It was $19,500. My payment on that was $205 a month. I remember it like it was yesterday. We sold that. I bought three of those. There were condos. I bought three of them, made $30,000 on a $1,500 investment. We bought a $79,000 house. We put 50% down. We lived there for five years. At this time, I owned three stores. I could have lived in any house I wanted, and I continued to pay off the debt fast. The next 10-year loan took me 48 months to pay off. And we continued to do that. Well, then you reach a point where there's a Fortune 500 wants to buy you or you've built something big enough. But let's go backwards. If I had just stayed at the place I was at and took a decent salary and went and bought things that I shouldn't have bought, or I would have never built something that somebody else would have wanted to buy. I would have had a standard of living that was nice, but I never would have created any kind of wealth whatsoever. I would have had a nice job. I would have had a nice income. There's a big difference in having a job and building wealth. And you just have to have a different approach. And you just have to think through not having everything instantly. Just slow down just a bit. Take your time. That's fair. That's totally fair. So tell me what you found to be the biggest value and benefit of a mastermind. Um, obviously, this is somewhat of a loaded question in that, you know, I've got a, I'm yeah. thrilled to run a mastermind group. And I, I know the sure. benefits, but sure. we've been doing this a long, long time. So, yeah. You know, what, what's the value to you? Yeah, several decades now. I was at a chamber of commerce. I'll give you a little backstory, and it'll help you understand it better. I was at a chamber of commerce uh, breakfast back in 1994, 1995, and there was this guy up there speaking about a new concept called the money game. 
never heard of it. I live in Nashville. Dave lives in Nashville, and I heard him speak, and I went up and introduced myself. He was on one radio station in Nashville at the time, and I went up and introduced myself, and I said, hey, I just built a new office right down the street. I'd love for you to see it. Drove down there, looked at it. He said, hey, I love this. Would you advertise on my show? And I said, heck no. I don't even know you. I never even heard of you. He said, I'll give you a week free if you'll just try me. So I tried him, fell in love with what he does. Our business just went up like a skyrocket. I mean, it was crazy. I spent 21 years being Dave's sponsor on his radio station. We became good friends. A couple of years after that first encounter, I saw him at a Mercy Me concert at the Curb Center in Nashville. And he said, hey, I'm starting a mastermind. I'd love to have you participate. And I said, great. What is a mastermind? And he started laughing. He said, just show up at my office Wednesday morning, 7 o'clock. I'll introduce you to the guys. I show up. We go in his conference room. Ten guys there that I'd never met in my life. Didn't know any of them. I was nervous. I was apprehensive. I didn't have any idea what we were going to do. Started meeting every week. Week after week, we'd read books. We'd study. We'd pray together. We would share best practices and principles in business. And I started feeling really relaxed. And this veil started coming down. I'm like, hey, this is a safe environment, you know. We even signed non-disclosures, you know, because there were some guys in there that were making headway in their profession. And so I started sharing things personally and professionally, and they started giving me great advice. Well, to make a long story short, it radically changed my life. It gave me my own personal board of directors. It gave me a place that I could go and subject myself to the scrutiny of other men that had nothing to gain or lose as a result of what they told me, and they told me the truth. And so then I would take that back, and I would implement the strategies, and I'm like, man, this works. I would go back week after week. They were educating me. They were helping me. I was helping them. I was promoting them in areas, and I'm like, this is unbelievable. Well, Jason, make a long story short, it changed my life because I had a place that I could let the veil down, be totally transparent, I could be vulnerable, I could be honest, I could be authentic, I could be authentic. And so from that, strength started to grow because other people have different lenses. They have different life experiences. They have a way that they can tell you, hey, man, things that you don't even know to know. And then they hold you accountable. Hey, did you do that thing you said you were going to do? Well, you're dead gum right I did because I didn't want to go in a room with a bunch of professionals and not do what I was supposed to. Well, you know what happens when you do what you're supposed to? You become successful. Listen, procrastination is our enemy. When we don't share, when we're not vulnerable, when we're not transparent, we don't lay it up there on the table and tell everybody what we're going to do, we procrastinate. We kick the can down the road. Why should we do it? Nobody knows. But when you put yourself out there and make yourself vulnerable, it makes you successful. I want to tell you, the enemy to excellence is isolation. And if you want your life to go to the next level, you have got to get yourself around people that can take you there. Man, I love that. I absolutely love that the enemy of excellence is isolation. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. All right, Aaron, it's time for our resource of the week. So how can my listeners find out more about you, your books, and all the amazing ways sure. that you're helping uh, change the world one person at a time? Well, the easiest thing is to go to my website, viewfromthetop.com. We've even got a couple of resources I want to give your audience. Is that okay, Jason? Y'all like gifts? That'd be fabulous. Yes, sir. If you'll go to viewfromthetop.com forward slash real deal, 
There are three documents that I wrote years ago, and I use them every day. One is called a personal assessment. And in that personal assessment, you do a self-evaluation. You really understand your identity, your ideals, your relationships, your career, your faith, your family. You just really look at everything in its totality and understand who you are. The next one, Jason, most people never think about living proactively. They think about living reactively, is I developed a document called What Do I Want?, And most people don't know the answers to the questions. I could say to most people, if you were not hindered geographically or financially, what would you do with your life tomorrow? Most people can't answer that. They don't know what they would do if they had a clean slate. And in this document, it helps you understand what you would do proactively. The latest one that I've created is um, a document about a spouse survey. It's things that you want your spouse to know and you're scared to tell. There's 25 questions that you answer honestly, and you email it to your spouse and say, hey, these are things that we need to discuss. Communication is paramount. These things I could charge for, but I'm not. I'm going to give them away. So go to viewfromthetop.com forward slash real deal, and you can download those there for free. Thank you so much. That is fabulous. All right. So I always like to end my podcast with a uh, a telling question. So if you could give business owners just one quick, solid piece of advice to either help their business or more importantly, help them to live a better life. What would that be? Here's the thing, Jason, that I have found out now over 40 years that is such a myth. People are afraid. And a lot of the times I ask them what they're afraid of, and normally it's failure. And I always say fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure. See, I couldn't lay in bed at night and think, would it have worked? That would kill me. I had rather try it and it not work. See, first of all, I don't believe in failure. I think you either succeed or you learn. And you take those things that didn't work out exactly like you want and you pivot and you do the next thing. So it's the mindset. Carol Dweck talks about it in her book, Mindset. You either have a growth or a fixed mindset. Get the fear out of your way. Fear missing the opportunity more than you fear failure. Develop the mantra of can't, couldn't do it, and could, did it all. Get a growth mindset, and I promise you, you too can be very successful. Love it. Love it. Aaron, thank you so much for joining me today. I know how busy your schedule is, and it it means the world to me that you share some time and and just an amazing amount of wisdom with us. This has been fabulous. You're awesome, buddy. Have a good one. We'll see you, Jason. Absolutely. Folks, that's all the time we've got today. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. For more info about private coaching or to see if you'd benefit from one of my mastermind groups, visit me over at www.jasonmsilverman.com. I look forward to helping you achieve the success that you truly deserve. Until next time, let me leave you with this. Get out there and be the real deal. Set a goal, make a plan, work like hell towards it, and achieve the success that's waiting for you. Now's the time. Get out there and make it happen. This has been Jason Silverman, and I hope you have a spectacular week. You've been listening to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. To access the great resources mentioned in the show and for information on coaching and mastermind group opportunities with Jason, please visit jasonmsilverman.com.